You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. The win. It's good. It's good. It's good. Presented by Crimson Crossover. Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now here are your hosts, Blake Byler. That's two out of 26 in his last four games at home. Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. And what is next to Butler Field? Arby's. Arby's. So Arby's. either A, Alabama basketball is forever it, it, eminent Built on Arby's. It literally built on Arby's, the program. Or it's the first thing you see when you walk in. Enjoy the show. Okay, now that Matthew's learned how to press record, we're going to get started. Hi, welcome in. Blue Collar Unplugged Season 2, Episode... What episode is this? Three, uh, four, four, three, four, four. Four? Four. Four, yes. Four. Cool. I'm Blake Byler, and I'm here with Matthew Gibson and Jacob Pickle. Matthew finally learned how to press record I did. on our recording software. It only took about 45 seconds, it but I finally did it. took a long time, but... Basketball season, it's started. Mm-hmm. It's here. It's, it's here. here. It's arrived. We have played basketball that's not, that basketball counts, I should say. Yes. No more charity exhibitions, no more 30-point losses and secret scrimmages. Actual basketball is being played on the court. It is uh, about to be week two of the college basketball season. We had week one last week, um, and Alabama played some basketball games. Um, this. I'm just going to go out and say it. This team might be pretty good. Uh, I know we're going to get into the Liberty game here in a second, but I think before we do that, let's let's talk about the game on Monday. Um, so Alabama defeated Longwood, the Longwood Lancers of the Big South Conference. Powerhouse. Powerhouse on, on Monday, November 7th, opening night of the college basketball season. Alabama came away with a 75-54 to victory. I have the box score here pulled up, but guys, what did we see? Try to filter out the Liberty game from your mind for a second. What did we see from Alabama in that Longwood game that you maybe liked, maybe didn't like? But what were your, some of your thoughts? Just immediately, Alabama's defensive presence and their length and versatility is just unreal, and any, honestly, different from any Alabama basketball team that I've ever watched. Just the the length that they have whether it be Brandon Miller, Noah Clowney, Bidiaco, and even Nick Pringle. Nick Pringle played a good you know, amount of minutes versus Longwood. They're just such a long team. They're going to cause a lot of problems for teams this year with just, again, their defensive length and versatility and just their size. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thrilled with what I've seen. Um, the effort all across the board is so there in a lot of ways that we didn't see last year and lacked. Uh, like Matthew was saying, like the length and the height of this team is really fun to watch, really one through five. Uh, and the one guy in Mark Sears that doesn't have extraordinary length is probably going to be the most pesky, annoying defensive guard in the SEC with the way that he just puts up a bucket and immediately turns around and starts to defend. I- I'm just thrilled to like, – the, the things that I've seen so far, the intangibles that are going to stay consistent, uh, they don't go hot and cold with shooting uh, or other things like that. Whenever teams – like last year, whenever the shooting was bad – uh, the whole momentum and the energy was off, but it, the shooting was terrible Monday night against Longwood, and still that good of performance defensively and just effort-wise and mindset-wise. I'm I'm really excited to see where this team goes. Yeah, I think 
three of twenty eight was the the three point shooting statistic from the Longwood game, which obviously no one wants to see. Um, the only makes came from Rylan Griffin, who was one for seven from three. Sears was one of five, and Clowney was one of four, which is not great. But obviously, we did see that turnaround in the Liberty game on Friday. But like Jacob just said, one of the things that I noticed was just the fact that they were able to dominate control an entire game while missing threes against a not a great team in Longwood, but a team that's definitely going to compete for the Big South title. And 100%. They, if they, did, if they, they were to win that, they would be an NCAA tournament team. And so to be able to have that kind of length and versatility that Matthew was talking about, like looking at the starting five, I was a fan of the starting five. You had Mark Sears at the one, Namari Burnett at the two, Brandon Miller at the three, Noah Clowney at the four, and Charles Bediaco at the five. They went the same starters against Liberty. Are we a fan of that starting lineup? What What are some of our thoughts there? No, I love it. I mean, I, I think, again, it comes down to just that length of that team. You look at Namari Burnett, too. Namari Burnett is a six foot ten wingspan. And mm-hmm. he's, even though he's kind of not had the start he's wanted offensively, Namari's been very pesky defensively. You know, guards haven't been able to get by him at all. Um, he's playing great on the defensive end. And, you know, you mentioned Sears. Sears is a good defender for, you know, his size. He's not a bigger guy, but he's he does his job with that. And, again, you got Miller, Clowney, Bidiaco, all of whom are over six foot eight, six foot nine. Um, so again, I, I love that lineup for Alabama. There's, there's a lot to like offensively too. You know, obviously Brandon Miller is going to be one of the better offensive players in the country this year. I'll stand by that. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I do like that lineup for Alabama. I think it's going to stick for a pretty good minute. And talking about the defense, like one of the, one of the best things I saw was like you said, Namari has a six foot 10 wingspan and that's at your two guard. Yep. And so you awesome. go from there, you go down to six foot. What is, what is Miller? Six, eight, six, nine. Miller's probably like six foot eight and a half. Yeah, I'd say. so somewhere in there, you have Miller at your three. You have six foot ten, and I think he's like an actual six foot ten. He's not a fake six foot ten. He's like every Clowney's bit of six every foot bit of yes. six foot ten. Yeah. And then Chuck, who is every bit of seven foot. Yep. And so then, if you're just going off wingspans, you have a six ten or more wingspan at the two through five in your starting lineup. And then your one guard, you have Sears, who's only six foot one, but just like Jacob said. He like he gets a bucket and if he gets a layup, he's then turned around and he's picking up full court defense. And I can't remember a single time last year where an out besides like maybe a called press, but like where an Alabama like guard, like a ball handler, would get a bucket and immediately pick up full court. Yep. And so to have a guy that wants to guard like that um, is really encouraging, especially when it's a guy that needs to be pesky, like Jacob was saying, like and he's the smallest guy in your starting lineup, to have a guy that's willing to do that and that wants to like get after it like that is going to be super benef- beneficial on the defensive end. Um, and Alabama held Longwood to, what was the points per possession stat? It was point six, uh, nine, I 0.69. 0.69. Points per possession. So for those of you who don't know, and they talked about this um, in, like, uh, in the post-game space on Twitter, um, but points per possession is basically however many points divided by however many possessions you have is your points per possession number. And a good points per possession number is, would you say, above one is usually pretty good? Yeah, offensively above one is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So defensively, uh, and that's the the rating, like offensive and defensive ratings that you see for teams. Um, that's like some of what Kim Palm does efficiency-wise. Right. But uh, that one is either like based out of 100 or one. So yeah, point six nine is... Really, really good. Like that's- yeah, so Alabama held Longwood to 0.69 points per possession, which 
Andrew Parrish pointed out was the lowest for an Alabama team since 2016, I think, against uh, Charleston Southern, if I'm remembering the stat correctly. Yep. So it's been six years since an Alabama team has been that efficient defensively holding their opponent, which is very, very impressive. Um, and I think that is a sign of more things to come for this group defensively. Um before we move on, because I know everyone's anxious to talk about this Liberty game, does anyone have any more thoughts on the Longwood game? Uh, I mean, I, it was fun to be at. Uh, it looked good, despite the really bad shooting. Um, I don't know. I, students showed out. Students showed out. I was very happy about that. I, I was impressed with the yeah. student crowd. They were full, all basically, to the top of the student section. Yeah. They were. Yeah. I was just going to mention the students, too. The students showed out for that game. For the first game back in Coleman Coliseum, they did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know uh, Oates tweeted about that, too, yeah. this, this week at some point. Um, so let's move on to the, the game that was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, was the, the game against Liberty on Friday. Alabama came away with a 95-59 to victory. That's a 36-point victory for those of you doing the math at home. Um, there, there's so much, so much to like about this game, but I'll let, I'll let Jacob start. Biggest takeaway from this game, Alabama versus Liberty. Brendan Miller marks here is a really, really fun one to watch. <laughs> yes, like, they uh, are. Really, really fun to watch. Uh, they're just both so tough and so effortless. I mean, Brendan Miller's confidence is already it's there the in game two. <laughs> yes. like, pulling up from 29 feet immediately. Uh, I mean, we, we noticed this. Me and Jacob, like earlier today, we were watching the um, like the, the highlights from both of the games, and we noticed that the fir- Miller pulled the same first shot of both games. Like it was from the left wing, and he yeah. pulled up, and against Longwood, he missed it, got his own rebound, and put it back for the first bucket of the game. Against Liberty, he pulled up from the same spot and made it. Yeah, and so he he's he's going to shoot it, and he's going to try to score it, and it's really fun to watch. But yeah. keep going. Uh, now I think that is awesome. Uh, Mark Sears is such such a grinder, dude. Like he he gets every board, he goes to the rim every time. <laughs> so funny. Like the amount of. And ones that Mark Sears and, and Jaden Bradley will have over the course of this season because they just get to the rim, don't care about contact. Like they're gonna get there and yeah. do their best to score. I mean, it's it's so cool. Mark Sears is six foot one on a good day on his toes, and he's averaging eight rebounds a game. Yep. Uh, granted, yeah. it's through two games, but still, when you actually no, he's averaging nine rebounds a game. He had uh, he had six defensive rebounds and two offensive rebounds against Liberty and he had a double double with 10 boards against mm-hmm. Longwood like that dude gets after it on the boards I mean Marks has been my biggest takeaway this season so far he is literally the perfect fit for Alabama he's an in-state kid transfers out from Ohio and he plays so tough I, I he's gonna you mentioned it he's gonna be one of the peskier guards defensively in the SEC and in the country I mean I you know he's he's playing the most minutes for Alabama I, he's gonna be such a huge factor for Alabama down the stretch and I I Love his game. Um, he's got a beautiful jump shot. He's you know he takes his time too. He's not he doesn't rush things necessarily. I like the way he plays. So I mean, Sears is just he's again perfect fit for what Nate Oates wants with that offense. And again on the boards, I, he's getting twenty two percent of Alabama's defensive rebounds. And the next closest guard is Namari Burnett, who's you know three inches taller than he is at eight percent. So he's I more I, than three inches taller than him. Too. Yeah, he's what. Four or five? He's, I, it is Sears. What is Sears? Six foot flat, or is he six one? Six Sears is six, six one. one. Sears on is six one. Yep. Um. So Namari is six five. So he's got four inches on him. Yep. Plus a lot longer of a wingspan, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. So that's 
Yeah. The, the, the fact that he's getting that many rebounds is crazy. Um, another another thing that I really loved was um, it's been Charles Bediaco. Oh, I love the Charles. past the past two games. It's the fact that he has he. I feel like he has really matured as a basketball player, um, just from an IQ standpoint. Oh yeah. Um, because he know like somebody te- one of my friends texted me during the game, um, and said Bediaco learned how to go straight up, and it really helps on defense um he's very disciplined i think with his feet defensively and with his arms he doesn't swat really as much anymore unless he knows he can get a block um and also on offense he he just knows how to play in the right spot um he's not really afraid to dunk it and he's like we talked about this a lot last year he's a really good passing big man Mm -hmm. Uh, and so he's able to get the ball and see cutters or see wide open three-point shooters and, and get the ball out to them um, so I've been really impressed with his play. He hasn't played that many minutes. Um, I think he's played around 20 minutes a game. Is that right? Uh, yeah, let's see. So 17 against Liberty. And then uh, what's that? 17 minutes against Liberty and... 22 against Longwood. Yeah. So, so right, right around 20 minutes, minutes a game, um, which is... That, that's fine. I mean, he doesn't... With, with the with the front court depth that we've seen so far, he doesn't have to play that right. much more than that, especially with how efficient he plays. Yeah, he's been splitting time with Miller and Clowney. It's completely fine. Mm-hmm. So. And, and uh, Clowney, he got into foul trouble against Liberty, but I still thought he like he still brings yeah. a lot of good to the table. He does. Um, made a three against Longwood, and so having him as a perimeter threat too is going to be really fun. Um, he didn't take. He was one for three against Liberty. Still had two blocks in only 16 minutes of playing time because mm-hmm. he also fouled out, um, which is pretty <laughs> pretty impressive. Um, then we can talk – let's talk a little bit about um, Ryland Griffin. Yeah, that's that's – Bench spark plug. Yes. Bench spark plug. Um, you know, with that, Alabama obviously has that starting five of Sears, Burnett, Miller, Clowney, and Bidiaco, but the second most frequent lineup that Alabama's been using has been that lineup of Sears, Bradley, Griffin, Miller, and Bidiaco, which I love that. Ooh, I, one, like, I didn't realize that was the... Yeah. Oh, you have... So, thank you, Matt Landry, for thank our access Landry. to... Thank you, Matt. ...to Ken Palm Plus, because we have uh, right here the most frequently used lineups this season um, that Matthew was just reading off, so... Yeah, and I love that because... One, it allows you know Bama to put the ball in Bradley's hands and allows Sears to play off ball and let, let, lets him be a little more creative with what he does. So I I love that lineup for Bama. And you know again, Ryland Griffin has been an absolute bucket through two games. I think he's averaging what fourteen a game, close to that. Fifteen, 15 a game. He had um, let's it's see, sixteen against Liberty. Sixteen against Liberty. Uh, I think he had fourteen because he was the leading point scorer against the Longwood. Yeah. Yes, and fourteen against Longwood. So he's he averaging fifteen a game. There's there's so the yeah. There is so much to like with Ryland. I mean, he, he hustles hard, and he was the blue-collar winner versus Liberty. I mm-hmm. love the way he plays. He picked up one on the uh, the foreign tour as well, mm-hmm. right? He yeah. did, yeah. Um, he, he's just so confident. That's what gets me, is that a lot of freshmen come in, and they're really hesitant, and you can see like kind of their nerves when they play. Um, not Ryland Griffin. Yeah, like, not any of them, honestly. Dude, you're right. Like, like they are None of them are scared. Put in place and go. Um, none of them are scared. And Ryland just comes in, and if he, he gets the ball in the wing— He's probably going to shoot it. 
And he hasn't shot the ball, like, at a high clip necessarily. Like, one for seven against Longwood, like you said earlier. And two for six against Liberty. Two for so, six yeah. against Liberty. Three for 13. Like, that's but not... But he's not... It's not good. But he's not scared to put it up. And there are going to be games where those makes come. Absolutely. Uh, as oh, well sure. as his... He, he, uh, he cuts really well. He's got a couple of nice layups inside. I was going to say, his, his ability to cut inside and, then you know, be able to finish has been what's, you know, set him apart so far. Yeah. Well, and uh, against Longwood, he... Like defensively, with his long arms, jumped that pass, took the, carried the ball up all the way, basically like acted like he was going to pull up and take the three. Defender bit, and then he just went inside and laid it in. Like, yeah, he, he went coast to coast. He went to coast to coast. Yeah, like, in the most smooth, like calm, put together way. It looked so smooth, so easy to him. Which all it, of them. it all looks really easy. <laughs> another another freshman that it looks really easy for is Jaden Bradley. Yeah, um, that's somebody who I know we talked about on here. Um, didn't expect to be that much of a scoring threat, but we knew he was going to be a very calm um, guy who can run the offense, guy who can defend, and we've seen that. But he's he's averaging double figures. Mm-hmm. Um, against uh, Longwood, he had 11, mm-hmm. it looks like, on three on just five shots, on three or five shooting. Mm-hmm. And then... 10 against Liberty, mm-hmm. I mean, pretty close to the yep. same clip. And he, he had one time where he just like, or a couple times actually, he just had a smaller guard on him, and so he just posted him up and used. Uh, he had one reverse layup underneath the basket, and then another spin move where he got to the other side and got um, a layup to go. And so just to see, like he looks very mature whenever he runs the offense, whenever he goes up and down the floor. He does, and I think with Bradley too. I think one thing that uh, he's kind of brought to the table that Alvin didn't necessarily expect with him is his ability to finish. I, he's been way craftier than I think anybody anticipated. Mm-hmm. Just his ability to finish some of those layups. Not all of them have been able to go in, but he's had a couple where it's like, oh, if this ball tips in, that would have been one of the best finishes you'll see all year. He's been fantastic in that sense. Some of those are going to be able to drop. And I again, Bradley is just another one of those guys who gets in, plays defense. He's cool. He doesn't, you know, panic. I. Again, he's just a great fit for Bama in that point guard spot. On the topic of finishing, he and uh, Bradley and Sears are both very under control mm-hmm. when they drive to the basket, and it really helps them when it comes to finishing. Yep. Um, because I remember a couple times last year, um, I think maybe like with J.D. Davison, I felt like he was perhaps more athletic than he realized when he went to the rim, mm-hmm. and so he kind of rose up and he, he jumped so high and he was maybe just a little out of control. Yeah. Jaden Shackelford, we know, was notorious for just getting in the lane and throwing something up. Um, and so when you have, like, obviously Quinterly's a fantastic finisher, but you, I think with Sears and Bradley, you have two guys who aren't, who, who are kind of closer to Quinterly's level of control when they go up towards the basket and being able to alter their body and actually put up good, like, even though they're contested, good layups, they have a good shot going in. Um, and also another thing that I love with Bradley is um, Alabama's defense was really good against Liberty again, and he was face guarding Darius McGee, who was Liberty uh, last year. Liberty's best player averaged around 25 points a game. Alabama held him to eight points, and in the first half, you had Jaden Bradley even out beyond the three point line off the ball face guarding McGee. Yep. And that just shows you like it takes effort. To want to do that, like that's exhausting. Face guarding somebody on defense, oh, for sure. Uh, and just to have like for Oates to have a guy who's willing to go face guard somebody's best player has to make him absolutely like ecstatic to have guys that are willing to defend like that. Yeah, and it's like truly enjoy that. Like they, they yeah, guys look, look like, like they're having fun playing defense. They do. It's it's put together. It's well thought. Like and they are 
in people's faces, doing the best that they can, like to keep the ball yeah. out from the rim, and they 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 like our rim. They like to protect the rim. Mm-hmm. Like there is a super high block rate. Like everyone, anytime there's a layup, like someone up there is going for it, trying to swat the ball out of the air, uh, keep somebody from getting a clean look. Like even if it looks like they're already in down the baseline, the looks there. Like somebody, whether it's Pringle, Bediako, Clowney, like somebody's going to get there that's long and tall and get up and try and keep them out of the air. We're two games in, and there is just a complete night and day difference from the defense that we saw even last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's... From a personnel standpoint, but also from a... From yeah, from a mental and, mental and effort standpoint, for sure. They, they've asked about, like, in press conferences, they've asked guys about the defense, and both Rylan Griffin and Mark Sears were both, like, like, coaches told us, like, you have to guard if you want to play, yep. which is absolutely true. Like, and... Now Oates has the personnel offensively to be able to, if somebody's not guarding, you can pull them out of the game. And if somebody's not guarding in, like, I feel like the, the depth of this team is going to drive up competition and practice that much more too. Um, there, there's just, like, there's so many guys that can contribute. I was honestly surprised Pringle didn't play more against Liberty because um, he, he had a good game against Longwood. I thought he did his job really well. I mean, his job is simple. Protect the rim and go Get boards. dump the ball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he has bounce. Like he's he has just, unreal he bounce. Yeah, he does. And he's just Dante Hall light. Like he, he, like Dante. He's Dante Hall's role, but like diminished a little bit because he's not yet the player that that Dante was. But he he played really well. <laughs> what are you looking at? Oh, oh no. man, just uh, Darius yeah, Miles' that. turnover percentage is forty points higher than the national average. <laughs> Darius yeah. Miles was. Not very good against Longwood <laughs> in the short it, it, time it played. Only seven minutes. So only the, seven the, minutes. The numbers will be slightly skewed, but that <laughs> we I, I would like to circle back to a conversation on Miles. Uh, but on the defensive standpoint, so the defensive rating through two games, Nick Pringle sixty-eight point three. So can you explain this defensive rating statistic? It's the like points per possession. So okay, basically point six eight points per possession. Uh, Noah Clowney, 68.4. Bediaco, 68.9. Then we have Brandon Miller, Rylan Griffin, Jalen Bradley at 72.3, 78.2, 79.7. So you have to go to Namari, Burnett, and Noah Gurley to get someone over 0.8 points per possession. Wow. Like so, defensively? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's and really even good. then, I would like I would still say Namari has looked really good as a defender. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. That, that's a, that's everyone, just kind of the nature of being on guards is that you're – Offensive rating will be a little bit higher right. just because you have the scores on you. Would it be fair to say that all of those guys, like all of those guys, are being graded as plus defenders? Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anyone being graded as a minus defender? I'm gonna leave Darius Miles out of it because he hardly played. But so he actually is still technically plus defender. Wow. Um, How about it's that? At 89.5. That's that's what I've got on this defensive rating. Can there will be like the more advanced uh, on Kim Pom Plus? I've just got like kind of a. A sample mm-hmm. composite. Yeah. Uh, have them at eighty nine point five. I, yeah, it's it's really hard to draw any conclusions from such a small sample size. But I test would say that performance Monday was concerning from Darius Miles, um, but, uh, which I don't think will continue. I don't think it will. Like he he had stretches last year where he would maybe get to going too fast, make some boneheaded plays. Yeah. I think that just so happened to be his first minutes of the year when yeah, he chose to do that. Unfortunate. Um, and then he obviously has the recurring uh, foot injury that kept him out of the cherry exhibition and Friday's game. 
Um, he'll he'll have a chance to earn his minutes. And he will. If he does, he does, and if he doesn't, he doesn't, because there are a lot of very very capable players on this team who can play a lot of minutes. Um, do you have anything you want to add about Miles or? Not on Miles. I mean, I, again, just versus Longwood, he uh, just looked like a tra- he just good. looked just <laughs> looked like a traffic cone. Was offensively <laughs> spastic. It was just was he not had a good one. He had that one no look pass to Chuck though. He did. That one was nice. Yeah. And a few no look at passes to the tie prop members in the first seats. But <laughs> he also did that. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, but I, yeah. I think he is being the character leader that he is. Like, and he's still the vocal, energy. and that's he's important. Yeah. He's always up on the bench, like calling out. Like, he's a locker room guy. Things like he. He's, he's a good locker doing, room guy. He's he is. What it was yeah. Him to do. yeah. Um, but speaking of minutes, obviously, there are two rotation players not playing right now. Yeah. And those that is uh, Dom Welch, St. Bonaventure transfer, mm. career 38% shooter from three. Is that good? Um, I think that's pretty good. I think it's solid. Right. As well as um, probably a top three player on the team. In, JQ. In Javon Quinterly. Um, How do we think this whole minutes thing shakes out once, once they return? I don't know when – I don't know if Welch is going to play Tuesday because um, Oates said on Thursday – that he was doubtful for Friday against Liberty, which he obviously didn't play, and that he um, was kind of like his recovery was slower than anticipated. I don't know if Welch plays on Tuesday. Um, Oates will speak to the media tomorrow, or I guess today, whenever this is going up. Yeah. Um, to I'm sure Welch will be mentioned, as will Miles. Um, but we'll start with Welch. What do you see? Um, do you think he starts? Do you think he comes off the bench? Right. What do you think? I think he comes off the bench. I mean, I think. Most likely, if he's going to eat any minutes from a starter, and again, it's a different position, but I think he'll take some of Namari Burnett's minutes. I just think with his ability to shoot the three, and obviously you mentioned it, 38%, you know, three-point shooter, Namari mm-hmm. just... Namari's been a great, like, in-practice shooter, just hasn't been able to do it so far through two games. I think Namari's going to be fine, but Which I do think... He, he's still getting more comfortable. Yeah. Um, he hasn't played basketball in two years, really. And so I, th- I thought he looked a lot better against Liberty. Personally, for sure, and Namari's yeah. got a lot on his plate. So yeah. I, I, I think of all the players that's you know that Welch could play minutes over. I think Burnett is the most likely to lose some minutes to Welch, and then when we go to to JQ, um, I think he's perfect off the bench no. as a sixth man. Don't you? I do you agree. Okay, so I I really think he should come off the bench, and that's not a slight to him at all. Mm. I think. You're so used to all summer and all fall and until now, you're used to Sears being your one and running the offense out of the gate. Right. Um, and so I think it might be more disruptive to take Sears out of that role. Um, and Sears seems really comfortable in that role as well, too. Whereas last year, um, I think it would be safe to say that there were times where JQ seemed a little uncomfortable as the initiator, the main as the main starting initiator of the offense. Would, would that be fair to say? I think so. Um, so, when you're looking at what role serves him best, you you have to look at the 2021 SEC tournament, NCAA tournament run, where he was playing like one of the best guards in the country, and he came off the bench, and there was no pressure on him because Herb Jones was the initiator of the offense, and his job was to go out and get a bucket, and that's all he had to do, um, and he was a spark plug for that team because he could do that, um, and then you also have the added factor of him going up against either a tired first team or a second team point guard on the opposing team. Yep. And so I think he would be perfect as the sixth man of this team 
Um, like you, you, you saw for a time he, he tried to go back to that role last year for whatever reason. Um, it didn't work very well because, honestly, um, Davison was not the best initiator of the offense. and you, you couldn't, Not at all. You couldn't really... <laughs> one, one could say that. <laughs> one could say that. <laughs> so, so you couldn't really trust him to, to be the guy. JQ had to be yep. um, because of the personnel of the team. But I think now you can keep the lineup how it is, bring him off the bench, first guy off the bench, whether that be for uh, for Namari or Clowney and go small, or whether that be for Sears as he gets tired and just plug him in. Because then you also got to, that you also, like, Bradley's going to get his minutes, Griffin's going to get his minutes, like, everyone's going to get their time. Right. It's not like JQ is going to eat into one person's minutes. Mm-hmm. Not at all. As Especially f- not with as rotational as we play. Yeah, as fast as Alabama plays, and Bama's currently through two games, six in adjusted tempo at, you know, 75.7%. I, I think with Sears... Obviously, Sears does not play. Sears is really quick. He's not as quick as JQ. So no, get, yeah, when you put Quinterly sure. into that lineup, it's just a massive change of pace. It's going to be such a problem for teams when Javon Quinterly starts getting in there. And for me, picture Javon Quinterly on the court with Brandon Miller and what kind of things you can do oh with that. Oh, my goodness. Think about that. And like, Do you think about the attention JQ draws as far as getting to the rim? Exactly. Like, which Sears obviously does, too. But I think JQ's comes with attention and also the ability to be explosive, explosive. Mm-hmm. So then you do that and think of all the times that like JQ has lobs to like last year to <laughs> lesser players than Brandon Miller. I think that's probably that could fair be to say. a nightmarish combo for teams to guard. Yeah. The other thing is he's going to open up shooters. Oh, one hundred percent. Quinterly is probably the best passer on the team, um, and yeah. so you have. While Sears drives really well, Sears drives to score. And I don't I don't have a problem with that because he's a bowling ball and he can put his head down and he can get a bucket. Yeah, he does yep. it really well. But with Quinterly, you're going to have him driving, looking to pass, and he's going to suck the defense in, and you're going to have kickouts to Griffin, to Welch, to Clowney maybe, to Miller. And so you're going to have like shooters who have shown now that they can shoot. I mean, Alabama shot... 45% from three against Liberty. Um, you have guys that you know can shoot, and they're going to get open shots, like even more open shots when Quinterly gets there. Right. Also, he's going to be able to play off the ball a little bit, and he's best shooting as a catch-and-shoot guy. And so you're going to have Miller drawing attention on offense, and you're going to have Quinterly being able to get open shots off that. So he's just going to open up the offense even more for an already really open offense, which is crazy to think about how Alabama has played this well through two games without a top three player on their team. Um, it, it's it's very exciting, to be honest. Um, but looking ahead um, with this week coming, two games this week, one of them feels like, if, if you asked me, if, if this was an Alabama basketball team five years ago, I would be very confident that they were going to lose on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so Tuesday night... Alabama is traveling to Mobile to play South Alabama. At 9 o'clock. At 9 9 o'clock, guys. At 9 p.m. 9 o'clock Central Time. Alabama's probably going to be like a 10-point favorite in this game uh, in the Mitchell Center. Uh, Jacob is going. Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, Um, Shout out to multiple connections along the way that have made this trip very equitable and very cheap. Crimson Chaos VP for you right there. Um, he is going to be in attendance. 
South Alabama, they're one and one. They have a win over the Mobile Rams, um, who uh, I think they're D two. They, I think, yeah, I'm pretty they sure they don't they're D2. have a logo on ESPN, so I, I think that means they're D two. Yeah, that, <laughs> and then um, they lost their second game by six at New Mexico on the road. I don't know how good the look. Can we do a quick Kim Palm search on New Mexico? We absolutely can. So New Mexico, give me Charleston Southern. That That's weird. Right. <laughs> All right, New Mexico. Okay, um, they are a hundred. They are 79th in offensive efficiency and 230th in defensive efficiency. So not great uh, on that front. Okay, New Mexico is 141st yeah. ranked in Ken Palm. So they're, they're, they're ranked higher than Longwood. Like, that's... Um, South Alabama is ranked 219th in Ken Palm. And I, I do think it is... This is notable. Can anyone tell me the head coach of New Mexico? Of New Mexico? Of New Mexico? Mm-hmm. Should I know? I possibly think mid-majors with great coaches that have fallen out of the Power Five and who their children are. Oh, goodness. And who their children, children are. Children are? Yes. Um, that, it, they have, that they have the same name. What? <laughs> it, it is Richard Patino. I was actually oh, about to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, where was he? Minnesota? Uh, yes. Until things went south. Yeah. From they, the north. That's to New Mexico. Okay. So South Alabama lost to Richard Patino, and so, no, no shame in losing to a Patino. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 Who would ever do that? <laughs> Um, it's in November, no less. Two nineteen in Ken Palm, South Alabama, one and one. Um, they're I'm gonna be honest, they're not great. They, they like Alabama should win this basketball game, but it is Alabama basketball, and they are going on the road in November to a mid major. When was the last time Alabama went on the road to a mid major? I remember it. Do y'all remember it? Uh, has it been under Oates? It has been under Oates. It was Oates' on the first road year. At a Unless I'm wrong, and feel free to call um, me on this if I am wrong. But mm. <sighs> nothing. It was okay. If it's Oates' first year, yeah, was it North? Was it Northeastern? No, that was, no, that was, that was, before, that was Oates. before Oates, and that was in a NT. That was. Did, did we play at Penn? No. no. Pin was here. I was at that I, game. That was the game. Uh-huh. Kyra Lewis. Kyra Lewis free throw. choked a free throw <laughs> uh, to to lose the game by one. Yes. Never mm. seen that before. Never. <laughs> do you know the answer, Blake? I do know the answer. What is the answer? The answer is Rhode Island. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, home of Alex Chiku. Current home of Alex Chiku. Um, Alabama went to Rhode Island in Oates' first year. Um, oh goodness, I remember that game now. With like like Herb was wearing the long sleeves, mm-hmm. and Alabama lost by like fourteen. It was, it was not a good game. So th- that's why like you have to – like any road game is hard. Definitely. But Alabama is a much better team. Um, what, let, do y'all the thing any, is, though, uh, we, we say road. It's mobile. There are going to be Bama fans. There will be Bama fans. There's gonna be, that's going to be a very Bama-heavy crowd. I'm interested to see how, what, what the crowd splits are like. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think there's not going to be like anybody there. Like Tuesday night at 9 p.m. in Mobile – like that just sounds like literally no one's gonna be there. I, oh, there's no way. Like there's <laughs> the capacity's ten thousand. I'd be shocked if six thousand people were there. Oh, I'd be shocked if there's two thousand people. There. Like, <laughs> there's gotta be more than two thousand. They'll get more than two, I think. Okay, I. There's plenty of Bama fans down there. There's plenty of Bama fans in Mobile that want to get a taste I, of Brandon Miller. 
That's that's true. That's true. Um, all the high school, all the all the that are Bama fans. yeah, all the South students that grew up as Bama fans. So like, shout out, shout out, shout out, out Matt there, Landry. Will Matt Landry be in attendance? I believe Ooh, so. I believe so. so. Yeah. Another Matt Landry meetup. Love that. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So um, I know Matthew over here has the South Alabama roster pulled up, and I see a familiar name on that roster. Who, yes. Who, who you got? Jacob, right do you have a guess as to who we may be talking about? A connection to the in-state. Is it Greg Parham? No, it is Tyrell Turbo Jones. Turbo Jones. From Auburn. Former Auburn Tiger, Turbo Jones, who um, was on, he was on that Auburn team. Um, they went and played in Coleman. What, what was the score of that game when, when that Auburn team in 2020 went, went to Coleman? Alabama won by what? Was it 20? Was it 20 Ooh, it might have points? Been 20. Was it 20 points against an undefeated Auburn team? That, that can't Eight, be right. 83-64? That can't be right. Surely not. Surely, surely, no. surely not. Anyways, Turbo was on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, Couldn't give them the extra a, boost. A different, <laughs> a different former Auburn Tiger, um, Javon Franklin, used to be on their team. He was on their team last year. Um, he either graduated or transferred away. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but also, this, this South Alabama team did give Alabama some real trouble last year. Yes. they. don't remember. Again, this year they are... Stacked in length, they're a very long uh, defensive team. I see they've, a six eleven center on yeah, that six ten, six eleven, just going down to like just hide them from guys. Six nine, six six, six eight, six seven. There's there's a lot of size for this South Alabama team. So. That would be a nice test. It will be honestly, like because we've seen a lot of a lot of not height. Liberty has no size. Longwood does not have a lot Liberty of size started there. two players under five foot nine. That's <laughs> incredibly bold. Like I versus one of the longest teams in the country. They yeah, played that, two guys under five foot nine. Certainly a choice like, that they made. That might work out for them once they get the conference play, but like that's uh Oh, it'll work in the A Sun, I promise. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Darius McGee will be back averaging twenty yeah. points a game in the A Sun. Oh, for sure. Brody would be pushing fifteen to sixteen. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but South Alabama has some length. So that that will be interesting. Do y'all have score? Are we going to go back to doing score predictions? Yeah, we, we I like are. Score predictions. We are. We're going to do score predictions. I'm assuming we all think Alabama's going to win the game. I do. I would like if I'm looking at a like a spread. I'm going to guess like eleven and a half. Like I think that's right yeah. at it. I think normally it was it would only be... nine and a half for Liberty. That was interesting. I I think I think because it's a road game, it might be under ten. I'm not going to lie. See, I think that I would be interested to see where that balances between like, like when does when when do those lines start changing because word gets out? Like I, th- uh, yeah, because word, because word gets out that Alabama would beat Liberty by thirty six. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I, I don't know, but I think we win by fifteen or fifteen. Yeah, yeah, something I, like eighty seven seven. I don't know eighty seven seventy two. I just don't know if they score seventy two. Like with the way the defense is playing right now. I don't know. I think we. I think Alabama holds them. I think Bama holds them under sixty again. Again, three straight. Three straight under sixty. I'll. I'll. I'll I'll say. I need to do some searching to see the last time that happened. I'll say seventy-five to fifty-nine again. I think they break sixty. Think so? But not by a lot. I'm gonna go like. I'm gonna go seventy. No, I'm gonna go eighty to sixty-four. Okay. Ken Palm currently has Bama winning this one 83 to 66, a 93% chance at victory. Okay. I like that. That that sounds about uh, honestly, if Alabama walked away with a 20-point win on the road, 
I would be like really, really impressed. Also, uh, shout out to my good buddy Wilson Coger, who predicted South Alabama to win this game back in uh, when was it? July, August, yeah. somewhere in there. He didn't know about no Nation. Now he predicted the Iona loss last year. Uh oh. So now, to, now, to be fair, <laughs> he was he, all over the. He Iona does loss. take a lot of shots at picking Bama losses. He does. So, he does. He was right a lot last hit. year. He's calling the. <laughs> <eight. laughs> Yeah. Um, so he, he called his shot. He took um, South and, Alabama. So we'll see. An upset for the fighting Richie Rileys. The fighting Richie Rileys. Also of note for this uh, South Alabama team, they have Deontay Smith, who if you're a hardcore Bama fan, you may remember was committed to Alabama for approximately like a month, a way fun? back in probably 2018. Ended up, where did he end up after that? I think he went to TCU. Correct. Yeah, he, did. he was at TCU. Yeah. Then he went to South Alabama, but he was a Bama commit for about a month. At a, once upon a time, and then Jacksonville State Friday, Alabama's going to win that one by like twenty. Yeah, the, I at all not not much to say about that other than I mean South Alabama and Jacksonville State are actually two nineteen and two twenty one in Ken Palm, so they're right, ranked right wow. next to each other. Um, what is Liberty wow. in Ken Palm? Liberty's eighty six. I think they were. I think they were a little wow. bit higher before Friday. Um, That's actually and just by, solid. Oh, yeah. Just by pure point differential, yeah. they dropped a little bit. I, uh, I think Liberty's going to be a fine team. I think they yeah. lack a lot of size, but I think yeah. for the A-Sun, I think they could run right through it. Yeah. Once net rankings come out, that could be a quad two game. Net, net, it net. Very, Maybe, very it'll probably be a quad three because it was home, but yeah. there's the possibility if they they're like a really good. Um, Depending on how they fare in the rest of non-con, they may be able to kind of put up a good fight towards that. So you got our you got our predictions for the game, uh, and for Friday We're, we don't even really need to get into Friday. But the, the, the next week is uh, the Phil Knight Invitational, which I'm very excited for. Um, I'm not sounding the alarm on this team yet because you always want to temper expectations, especially through games. But my measuring stick game is Michigan State. Okay. Um, I think depending on well, first Tuesday because a road game is always difficult and that can expose some things. Uh, no matter who the opponent is. But if Alabama can go in and beat Michigan State, especially after the fight they just put up against Gonzaga, probably could have slash should have won that game. Um, they didn't I, have to shoot into the literal sun in the first half. And yeah, the win, too. Yeah, oh, my that, goodness. And the win, playing on a boat. That's crazy. But if Alabama awesome. beats Michigan State, or if honestly just if Alabama has a really good showing in the Phil Knight Invitational, it would be time to sound the alarm, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. I agree, and I think, uh, I think we, we should go talk about a little bit about Michigan State, just because I don't know if we'll be able to get an episode out pre PK eighty five. I'd like to. Uh, I mean, we can zoom one. Yeah, honestly, let's do that because we, we will all be home for Thanksgiving. But I would definitely like yeah. to uh, zoom deep dive uh, one because I want to talk about that tournament. for uh, for Ken Palm with that matchup Ken Palm's actually flipped their prediction from an Alabama loss about two weeks ago to an Alabama victory 76 to 73 yeah. now, interesting so. okay 60% chance is what his has if I'm looking at that right yep 60% basically from looks like from a three point loss to a three point win yep. I think so six point flip I mean so that's that's swing. not nothing like they just took the what what's Gonzaga in the AP I mean they're one yeah. Two? two? No, they're two. And then um, overall... Who's one? North Carolina. Yeah, of course. That's, mm, of course. Mm. Uh, Gonzaga, Kimpong has very highly... At, my login just locked out. Yes. <laughs> but uh, regardless, so Michigan State put up he, a one-point fight. They're number three in Kimpong. Uh, put up a one-point fight against Gonzaga. 
on the aircraft carrier with all those things coming against them. And Michigan State is 27 in Ken Palm. Like they're, they're, they're a good they're basketball a, they're team. They're a good basketball and team. And Alabama is 15 as of today. Um, Tennessee did drop after their loss, only down to 7 after their mm. loss to Colorado, which is interesting. interesting. I, I, that, that basically just tells me that the there's Ken not Palm enough, formula... There's not enough data and yeah, do that, anything. Yeah, not, not enough data. And not quite. Ken Palm formula thinks that was enough of just like a weird stretch of variance for that loss, right? That it shouldn't happen again. Um, definitely some some things about the roster makeup and some possible comments from Rick Barnes about Zakai Ziegler and other things. That that that's an Tennessee's situation. got some things to figure out. Like we'll, that, we'll be monitoring. That we'll, we'll very be, closely. Yeah, um, we'll also be monitoring the um, the Auburn situation after their struggle against South Florida. Yeah, that. Uh, but they also don't get tested until. Late December, so true. They, they have plenty of time to figure it out. Too. Auburn's officially also on watch. They're yeah. I mean, they would be on watch if they played anybody, but they don't. They don't. They have Winthrop Bruce on Pearl's Tuesday. Uh, I mean, it's worked for them in the past. So that's true. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll but yeah, it goes. um, I think that's gonna do it for um. This is what we said this earlier. Episode four. Four of season two. Number four. Um, but yeah, thank you all the for listening. Uh, the, the Juwan Garrett <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, shout out to Nick Pringle for yes. bringing yes, back yes, Serial yes, Box yes. LLC. Serial uh, Box are, LLC is back. We are thrilled to have you on board. Um, if you don't follow Nick Pringle on Twitter, do so immediately. Yes. Because his memes good after content. the game. Yeah. It's good content. Yeah. It's good content. There's nothing like waiting in Meteor Road, just waiting for that Nick Pringle to drop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Just waiting for that yes. video to drop. Um, also follow us on Twitter. Um, at BCU Podcast to catch um, updates about when we're uploading, as well as uh, our good buddy Hunter Cruz has been doing some. Uh, he, he did a breakdown video on uh, Brandon Miller. He's working on one on current four star recruit signee now, four star signee Davin Cosby, who will be coming in next year. Okay. Um, so Hunter Cruz has some good content going up on there, as well as uh, stuff from us that you will catch. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you all for listening. Um, we will catch you guys next time.